0: Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33
1: or Mike at Mike C. Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also
0: learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack.
1: You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now...
0: Well, the man who has become a folk hero in Scotland over the last 48 hours is joining us here on the podcast, Noah Rubin, hero to many and foe to me. How are you, buddy? (laughs) This is not real. This is... I'm okay. I know, it's... That's what I kept saying to myself. So let me just, uh, first off, welcome everybody to the podcast. It's good to uh, talk to you. Let, let, let me set the stage here. Uh, so we obviously did a podcast, was that a week and a half ago, that we had Taylor Townsend on. Mm-hmm. We had not done a podcast for a few weeks before that. Uh, we even got... Uh, a, you know a checkup note from from somebody at the tetanus channel podcast network saying hey is everything all right and i'm like well <laughs> turns out that noah got the COVID. i got the <laughs> he noah uh unfortunately was one of the breakthrough cases so missed some time with that we do taylor townsend stuff uh, i go to cincinnati have this incredible week of catching up with all of these incredible players and friends from from years past and and then Noah's just like, well, it looks like I'm going to Winston-Salem because I didn't get into the U.S. Open Qualies. So all of a sudden, there's Noah. And, you know, I'm paying attention and I'm really excited for my good friend because he, he, he won a tennis match on, on Saturday. And I don't mean that to come across as any, like, that. I, I am genuinely, totally proud of you for all the hard work. To be able to win a tennis match was a big effing deal. I was just like, I don't care what happens against Luka Pui. Noah's done something I didn't know that I'd ever get to see him do again. Won a tennis match, a professional tennis match. So well done. Loses a match, does Noah, against Luka Pui. In a match in which you did have, uh, you served for the match, you had a match point. Heartbreaking loss, and I'm sitting there watching my phone, and I'm just like, I'm going to still send him this, this note because he what an incredible comeback he's had this year from some real depths. And then all hell breaks loose. And I'm receiving like 18 different messages while trying to watch the new movie Vivo starring <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I'm having to answer like 18 different questions of why is Noah playing Andy Murray? I don't know. Let's hear it from the man himself. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. Even to hear it from an outsider
1: of what my life was like the past two weeks. Thank you for the compliments. And anybody new listening to this show, you'll know when he's shitting on my life. It's pretty self-explanatory standard. and standard. So what he actually says, he's serious. He is serious. So I do appreciate the text messages you sent to me. meant a lot. Um, so, yeah, let's go, let's go back to Atlanta quickly. Um, okay. So I, I – I was happy enough to see you in North Carolina, the tournament prior in Cary where I lost to Maxime Cressy. But you know that was, I I guess, my own internal comeback tour. Like you said, I've I've worked fairly hard the past few months to get into mental state of mind and some physical shape, which is still on the rise right now. But to actually put myself in a position that I want to play tennis again and I want to compete because if you look back at the other one or two
0: matches I played this year,
1: uh, it did not look like I wanted to be out on that court. I think Mike Cation
0: can agree to that. Well, you and last year in November yes. was yeah, that was just embarrassing. It was yeah, no, I mean it was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah, it was, it was more sad than, than anything else. I
1: mean, it was sad to yeah. be out there, you know, feeling that way. So here I am, kind of making a comeback. I have carry where I'm feeling good. Getting into it, and then I'm Lance I go to Atlanta. Had some success there in years past, and I'm like, okay, here we go. We're ready for it. I go up a set against Donskoy. It's hot out there. Things started uh, slowing down a little bit for me, and I'm like, okay, it's hot, but it's you know, hanging, you know, hanging, And then kind of throughout that match, I started feeling worse. Started getting some chills. You know, thought heat stroke was coming on. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm on great shape. Maybe I'm not ready, but I thought I was in okay shape. And tried to get back into the match, lost 6-4 in the third. It was a tough one. That one hurt a lot because I did feel prepared. You know, get get on a plane back home the next day. Uh, Oh, how how excited my girlfriend was to come home for a vacation in New York for two weeks. And she comes. uh, I'm like, oh, I think I have a fever and some chills again. Get tested, test positive for COVID. Here I am, breakthrough case, actually having symptoms. So I'm like, oh, good, good. This is fun. Um, Two weeks quarantine at home. I'm sorry, Jamie. That's my girlfriend. I ruined her. A whole vacation, the only one she has for the next six months. Um, You've
0: been ruining her life for a few years. Right,
1: so. but this is kind of in a nutshell, I think this is summarizing our relationship. So Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a tough little setback there, you know, to be one of those breakthrough cases to actually have symptoms at our age as well with being vaccinated. So, you know, lost taste and smell, move on. You know, then we're we're approaching the US Open, New York time you know, we're here, I'm getting back into it, you know, obviously, since I haven't played, my rankings dropped a bit, I'm around 300 right now, Um, but did think that a wild card opportunity was definitely possible. Um,
0: Which is why we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Right, we didn't didn't want
1: that that to deter and and to show people that I wasn't, you know, training or working out, because I was doing as much as possible, I felt good coming back. Yeah. but obviously, the USA didn't care about that, so we should have told them anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, we then looked at the wildcards, cards, did not get into the qualifying, also found out that I was not the first qualifying alternate. Uh, Banerjee, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, was the one that got in over me. Um, so yeah, I mean, again... For a blow like that, after everything, you know, we look at some of the wild cards for men's and women's, and I think it was a fun game of darts that the USA played. But, um, you know, I think for me to not play the Open for the first time in a few years, it was tough. I mean, for for a comeback road like I had, I would have loved to, to be out there. Um, but that opened the door kind of for Winston-Salem to kind of play in, in front of a, a crowd that I'm familiar with, wasn't a part of for... Too many years, specifically one year, <laughs> but you know it was fun to be out there and um, you know played in qualities, um, And for me, it's kind of every match counts. You know, every match is a battle right now to say, hey, you know, are you in that right frame of mind? Are you ready to compete? Are you ready to play? And you know, to play JC, who you know has been having um, some struggles, you know, winning wise on the court as well. I think this was an important match for both of us. And, you know, it was a tough second set for me, but to come out and and compete and play and get that first win since March 2020, right before the pandemic, it means a lot. I mean, you know, we were talking right after it, and I was a bit emotional, to be honest. I mean, you know, not – I mean, we've spoken about it on the podcast. We've spoken about it before. Um But it's, it's been a long journey to get back here. Uh, You know, a lot of people around me in my close circle, whether it's friends, family, girlfriend, yourself, you know, trying to get me through these moments and saying, Hey, you know, do you still want this? Do you want to still be on the court? And to get that win, like I did, and it, it was it was really emotional. You know, it, it really was. It took some time to kind of get through that and say, hey, you know, we're, we're in a tournament. You want to win this tournament? You know, as funny as that sounds. But, you know, let's move forward. And then uh, the Lucas Pui match came, you know, that was my final round qualifying Playing some good tennis, you know, again, here's another one, you know, Lucas has been struggling a bit as well coming back from his injury last year. Mm -hmm. He was actually my last win that I had pre-pandemic, right before, and then I lost to Steve Johnson at Indian Wells Challenger. And, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, you know... In Retrospect, I went back to him and I was like, I can't believe you made that fucking lob in the court. We couldn't make a lob in the court, like the ball flies at Winston a little bit. So you put it up, it goes to the fence. But here I am at a set 5 4, 40 30 on my serve. Pretty good approach shot to his backhand, and he lobs me on the baseline. And you know, it is what it is. You know, we went through it, we were fighting, it was a good battle, heartbreaking. Would have loved to kind of get through that one. Um. And here's, here's where, quote-unquote, in my occasion, yeah, all hell breaks loose. So yes. we'll go through each step of this. We don't want to okay. miss anything. And, and I want you to interrupt with any questions or if I don't explain something correctly, okay? Okay. I walk off the court, tired, exhausted. My uh, Tony Bresky coach at Wake Forest, who was there when I was there, he said there are two lucky loser spots just keep an eye out for, you know, something to think about. I said, okay, you know, once, and for people that don't know, and honestly, I don't really know it that well, but once there are two spots open, since there are four lucky loser options, all four players go into a hat. I believe if there's one, it's the top two ranked players that go into a hat, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound about right? I think that sounds right. (laughs) So when there's two, all four players or losers of that day go into a hat. We knew one of them to be Nick, who pulled out against Murray. Um... And, and here we are, where, you know, ATP is kind of, like, frantic. Like, I'm looking at them, right. I'm, like, kind of, like, exhausted downstairs, or like, we don't know what's happening
0: yet, we're looking at it. Right, because uh, it should, again, if you didn't know, if you haven't heard... Nick Kyrios and Andy Murray were scheduled to play, I believe, 8 o'clock Eastern out there or is 7 o'clock Eastern out there. Uh, that Regardless, was, yeah. they were they were scheduled to play uh, Seven, uh, about believe, half an yeah. hour, half an hour from when Noah's recounting this moment.
1: Yes. So, you know, I go back upstairs, moving around, and then I'm close to Pierre Puegas-Herbert and Max Purcell, who were two other losers. Um, I, I heard, again, retrospectively, that Pierre was not feeling well during his qualifying final round. So he was a possible no. And side note as well, when they pick out these numbers, Watsonuki was number one. He already knew he was going to play the following day, so that's out. Thank Pierre you. knew that he was the next one in at number two, and he figured that he was going to get in the next day, and he wasn't feeling so well. So he said, I'm going to push until tomorrow. I'm sitting next to Purcell thinking he's going to take this spot for Murray right now. He's been off the court you know, for some time. I'm like, okay, you know, it's tough. You know, I, I never get this luck. You know, obviously thinking that and you get what yeah. you wish for. Um, and Max said no. And I turn around, I'm like, w-
0: what? I've never heard of anybody saying no. So
1: we have two no's now. So we have Pierre, yeah. no somewhat understandable max no which i didn't hear if anything was wrong or not or he was just assuming or he knew things that we didn't know kind of thing like a millman yeah because he ended
0: up getting in right
1: he got in so and all the lucky losers are in the second round right now watsonuki won his match and pierre and max uh got buys taking a seed spot so here i am the guy looks at me um one of the atp managers looks at me he's like do you want to play i was like like now like are we we going on the court now he's like you have 15 minutes i was like man like i I can't even do i have an hour like i'm you know this is kind of where and i was talking to Vashik about this later this is where i felt lost for the first time i don't feel lost too often i didn't have a support system to say hey this is what you can do this is what's in the rule book this is what you're able to do i was like i need to shower and see a physio quickly like i need at least a half hour i didn't like they're putting the pressure on me which i get there's fans out there there's tv running but this is where that is like you know am i just a number you know am i just trying to get out yeah. there and that's where i felt like i couldn't even for somebody that thinks as much as i do i couldn't process thought at that point
0: so let me let yeah. me ask the questions here what happens or do you know what happens if you had said i'm not available yes so they go through all the lucky
1: loser spots. That that even includes the first round lucky losers. So there would have most likely been. I know Nava, since he plays at Wake Forest, would have been there if they really needed right. him. I guess. But if let's say hypothetically they went through and there's no lucky losers left,
0: Murray would have got a walkover. Okay. So th- and he, they they uh, this is a this is a pretty unique situation because normally what will happen is there will be uh, the qualifiers and then. A, a, a period of time before the first round starts. It, essentially, it, wouldn't, right. it doesn't normally happen that there's a qualifier and then within 30, 30 minutes you have to have somebody a, available ready in case there's a withdrawal. That just doesn't happen very often. Right. Scheduling-wise, it's it's tough Correct. to Correct. Normally yes. you would have qualifying finish on a Sunday, right. first round start on a Monday. It's a much more simple process. Right, but given the scheduling prior to the US open, they're trying to kind
1: of cram it a little bit more right. so there's more time in between the events. But right. the one rule that was irrational to me was that if Murray, since for people that don't know, you know, once all once the qualifier spots and the lucky loser spots are there, they are randomly selected. So Murray could have gotten a qualifier or a lucky loser. It was either right. or if he got a qualifier, his match would have been pushed till tomorrow. Wow! But if it's a lucky loser, it has to play that day. So that's, okay. where, that's where the common sense for me wasn't – I wasn't grabbing at it, if you okay. can think about it for a second.
0: Who, who are you supposed to call and reach out to if you have a question or dilemma in that moment?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. do I do I text Denis Zivkovich real quick? You know, something like that. Yeah,
0: but that's your that's a player representative.
1: Right, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And and that's where the feeling of being lost, I was like, of course I want this opportunity. It's Murray, I'm playing, it's, it's now, and I don't think I'll be able to get into the tournament, which I don't think anybody else pulled out. I'm not even sure. But I was lost. I, I didn't know what my options looked like. And that's kind of where this
0: whole player association, I understand it because... Who is there for me? Did they offer you anything in terms of like you saying, Hey, I need to see the physio, etc.? And they would say, Here's X amount of time, or here is some um, money, or here is some food, or you know, anything to make sure that you were able to play that night. The people that I felt were most for me were the physios and the trainers there.
1: They were like, What mm-hmm. what can we do for you kind of thing? There was a physician on site that was, you know, getting the gator lights and, you know, the trainer was giving the pickle juice, you know, kind of a shot of it and everything else. And, you know, no, it was ATP came back and said, okay, we managed to get you 745, which at that point was 30, 35 minutes, I believe, right after my match. Mm. So I had – I showered quickly. While, you know, everybody was saying, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are you doing? Right. And then in the trainer training room with Nick, who's getting his knee wrapped or whatever. And the trainer's working on me. And as I'm, you know, wincing and I'm putting down bananas and pickle juice or whatever else. But no, at 745, you know, there was an ATP member downstairs saying,
0: you ready to go. So why wouldn't they give you 815? If, if for, for just to, again, go behind the curtain here. When there is a player who's going to be playing singles and doubles in the same day, typically if the player asks for it, especially if, if it's been a two-hour match like Noah had, they will give about 90 minutes. That is typically the standard operating procedure that you'll be given 90 minutes from the conclusion of your singles to the start of doubles. You went. Do you, do you know what the exact time was? I believe it was 35 minutes. From off court into on court, thirty five minutes. I'm pretty sure I can give or, or take. Give or take, yeah. That's that's nuts, man. Like I know it's a huge opportunity. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like and I, I, I know you, especially with the fact that you went to school there, and you have a massive audience there who's looking for somebody to. You know essentially at that moment no disrespect but be the victim for andy murray right right? no of course i was not i I mean
1: i mean this is for somebody as competitive as me that wants to play the best in the world and kick their asses you know you know that's why i get on court so like everybody's saying it's experience of course and then this is a story of course but i want to play i want to be out there competing so the fact that i went on court pretty certain i was going to lose that match <laughs> you know I, I don't think i've ever been on court like that before i've never been out there saying what's the best i can do right now how do i not feel body cramp how do i put on a show how do people enjoy this how do i make jokes um you know i was disappointing myself in how i operated during that time off and, and not asking more questions but you know i think that's a little bit too hard on myself and and this is where it comes and says we need somebody there for the player to say hey This is not okay. You know, he needs an hour. He needs, you know, and this is where it was like, okay, there's TV running. There's Tennis Channel running. They wanted Andy Murray. Let's get this on. Let's get the show on the road
0: kind of thing. And that's Mm. where I felt like a number. What's interesting is I think my knowledge of Andy and the way he's talked about this situation, Mm -hmm. I think he's obviously been incredibly complimentary. You guys did the little feature with the Winston-Salem Open, their social media teams, and he's just one of the. I mean, like he's been such a proponent too of the lower ranked players getting opportunities he's and, just and having. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so, what? What was the interaction like with Andy itself? I guess before and after.
1: Before it's not much. I mean, before this is a guy who has a journey of his own to be on, and for him, sure. you know, there's enough questions going on. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people already knew just from how from the lack of seeing Nick on site, that this was kind of bound to happen a little bit. So I know Mm -hmm. Murray was kind of out there looking, but not really knowing who was going to play next. And then once he kind of saw me getting ready and, 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 you know, he was getting ready himself. So like prior to it, I think in his head, he's like, what in the world? (laughs) Like this kid's about to go on court again. But, you know, you get on court and, you know, it's still Murray kind of talking to his box a little bit. I'm like, Andy, I think you're going to be okay. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna be fucking okay like yeah i ripped a few winners and it was all good and and jamie sent me a snap sh- um a snapchat of uh the commentator saying great shot not sure how many he has left in him and and that's how it felt it was like let's put this on so like when andy was still doing a little bit of the looking over i was like you're gonna be fine i promise i promise but
0: um uh, so, so yeah. what was it like right afterwards what were the words exchanged at the net yeah you know he asked me you know
1: are you cramping everything okay? I said, Yeah, a little bit at the end. You know, I was, I couldn't push off at all in my calves. And, and I just wanted to say, and I, and I said, You know, thank you for everything you do for this sport. It means more than you know. And I just wanted him to know that, you know, the stuff that he does doesn't go unnoticed. And he is a proponent. And, you know, a lot of the antics that you see from mm-hmm. him on the court, you know, for the people that most of them, most people know his off-court personality and who he is and through the documentary yeah. as well. But, um, no, he, it's, it's understated what he does and 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 his voice. So wanted him to know that. And and as a little bit of a counter puncher myself, he's always been an idol looking up to. So just to be on the core with him, um, you know, is amazing. Of course, but what a fucking story, man! What a, what I
0: felt like I got hit by a a little bit of a small bus
1: the next day. But
0: in hindsight, what would you wish you would have done in that moment? Here, and I, I should also say, I I, I would I would mm. be fascinated to know. If we had Andy on right now, if you would have said to him, "I need till eight what he would have said? Him personally, yeah. Him personally, yeah. I, and I like it's him. It would be unfair to have put him in right, that situation, no, course, right? That's. But I, I think he would have probably been. He would have been fine okay with at, to... at
1: least. Eight, I mean, we went on. If he said eight fifteen, I mean, I'm sure he would have. Been, I don't think it was him. At yeah, all, I don't think it was either. No, 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 no I'm, I'm yeah. saying obviously it wasn't him at all, but. Um, I think in my case, I, I would have liked to get on a call with somebody and just say, hey, like, w- what do I have right now? Do I have the ability to push this an hour or are you guys are literally saying that I have to be on this? Because, again, looking back.
0: It's not good for your body. No, it, it's not good well, for I'm your the saying, safety and health of your body. I would I would do to it be again. Out there
1: that quick. I would do it again. Yeah. I would do it again. It was obviously there are some physical issues that I was scared about. I was like, my arm was dying, which is something I've had a problem with, and I was like, do I risk that? But of course, I'm risking it. My thing is like, I have an hour. Like in my head, of course, I have an hour. Like why why am I not forcing another half hour of rest to get you know a chicken bowl in me to make sure like mm-hmm. thing like that's the stuff that you look back and you're like. It, so much was happening all at once i di- i couldn't you know actually process the information being given to me so you know those are the things that are that are tough but again the final thing on that is i felt like a number i didn't know where to turn to i didn't know who to turn to and they just wanted and i and, you know they just wanted their show to go on and that's what i felt with the atp so you know they could say what they want they could say they gave me an opportunity but it's i knew again on top of this i knew i was not getting paid for people thinking, I knew I was going to get—I knew I wasn't going to get paid for this match. So, with the thought of not winning the match, I knew I was not going to win the match, and with yeah. the thought of understanding I was not going to get paid, there were other things going into this. The understanding that I'm home, the understanding that people have waited, wanted to see Murray. Fine with seeing Noah Rubin as well out there, and and there's a lot going on. You know, I, I think there has to be an understanding that there there should be a little help there. You know, a little help.
0: Yeah, and there you and Dustin Brown have been debating a little bit throughout the day, the last couple of days, about whether lucky losers should be paid or not. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they put in a rule a couple of years ago to allow the first – or the, the, if you pull out last second like that, if you do it on site, you still get to take the first round money even though you have pulled out. Twice a and year. And that's done – twice a year. You get two two times a year, and that's done because of the fact there were way too many people who would go out completely injured, just, you know, run around for half an hour and collect a paycheck. It looked awful on the court, and that's why they did that a couple of years ago, but your situation is just so incredibly unique, Noah, um, and I, I just don't know if there's, I mean, there's no precedent for it that you had to go in 30 minutes like that's one right. where no, and
1: I, and I didn't if, want to if, use
0: mine as the example I told him that right it's I don't
1: fully agree with the rule people are saying that even with 50% they'd go out there and play I agree at the Grand Slam level that money is good enough I don't think a lot of the players would risk it for $2,000 necessarily and I, and I think it's, it's, you know, aided a lot of players to do some of these antics that we've seen Nick do, you know, a few times this year now and some of these other players have done where, you know, you think they're playing, they'll take the money, they move on and go to the next event. And, you know, I don't either way, there's no understanding. But in this case scenario, like I feel like you're telling me I have a chance and I understand with the scheduling, I, I didn't feel like I had one, but there's there is no win. You lose that match, you don't get points, you don't get money, you don't get anything. And like like I said, I was being monetized in a way and I wasn't getting any piece of that. So the show went on for them. You know, the fans got the tournament, got their money for the tickets, you had tennis channel getting their, you know, views, and you know, it's cool, I got an
0: extra five hundred likes on Instagram, but that's not gonna, you know, pay my rent next month. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, I got to be honest. I didn't. we have even talked in the, you know, texted the last couple of days. I didn't anticipate you coming in firing today.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it's good. I, I got treatment today. I'm feeling a little better. I'm back in New York. Honestly, I, I am disappointed not to be at the Open. Um, speaking to a lot of the people. Um, with uh, Chris Eubank, spoke to him. He tried to get me out to dinner last night. That was impossible. Speaking to Jamie Loeb, who I believe is going on in a match or two. She she
0: won her, uh, earlier her first round oh, earlier. Okay, well there you go. Six
1: four in the third. So you know talking to people and you know I I am. It's hard not to be there right now. It does hurt. It does hurt not to be on site and, and disappointed and you know, to see that there's four alternates and the fact that I played an event this week, you know, I, I'm not eligible to take one of those alternate spots into the qualifying and to lose out of more money and stuff. It it, it hurts. That's all that's all I can say. And um and, and sucks for the players not to have fans on site, you know, as well. I mean, to see that for another year is is tough. I, I think it was kind of a bullshit answer by USTA to say that you know, they don't want to have fans out here for the for the pandemic while, you know, next week while they're making money. It should be fine. But at the same time, USA actually did for the first time probably the best dispersion. That's not a word, is it? Is it?
0: Dispersement. Dispersement in this case.
1: of prize money that I think we've seen in a long time. You know, taking away from the uh, winner finalists and bringing it down to the qualifying. I think percentage-wise, I think they said it was the highest prize money ever in a slam On top of it, um, you know, to spread it out, to have 20K for the first round is great. So, you know, I think there's wins and losses there. I think, you know, some players might actually say they'd rather play in front of no fans and have more money. So it's like a a kind of a give and take. I don't like the excuse that USCA made because they are going to have full fans next week. There's going to be a 1,000 players in, in the player lounge, you know, indoors. So it's all the same. But again, you know, they did with the prize money. So excited for them, disappointed I couldn't be there. But we have tournaments coming up, actually. You know, we have Carry that grinded to put another one on the schedule, which is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. I don't know how they do it again and again with very little help. And, you know, and, and I'm going to be there, which I'm excited to kind of push some of this momentum forward. And, you know, anything less than playing Andy Murray a second match has to be pretty fucking easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Looking at. The schedule going forward, I think people are a little bit confused. We know the Asian swing is canceled. I think people are looking, do we go to Europe? Are we spending time there? What does it look like? US does have that new 250 in San Diego. Right right before Indian Wells. So I think, you know, some of these guys are saying, hey, do I play a challenger before, you know, the San Diego tournament and then Indian Wells? Is that the best play so I don't have to go to Europe and back? So I think some of these acceptance lists are going to be very, very strange. Um, But again, I'm just. Excited to be in a good frame of mind. I know you see a difference in me of how I've been on the court. Yep. So it's you know taking away all the bullshit and nonsense that's gone on the past week and a half. And yeah, some got short end of the stick, but as Mike likes to say, I am short, so I deserve it. It's true. <laughs> but uh, I'm just yeah, tennis is here. I'm playing, and and that's all I can say. All
0: right. Um, well, thanks for telling us the oral history of. <laughs> The Andy Murray match.
1: I can't believe we brought that back. We took that out of the initial one. I don't like when you say oral history and you look me in the eyes. It's, it's fine. I,
0: I was looking down that time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'll see you when I see you. Disappointing. You won't I'll, be in in, I'll be like 30 minutes away. F- I'll be 30 minutes away for two weeks. Yeah. And At, we'll, at we'll any point. If if you we'll get dinner in the city. I'm not going to the city. When am I going to have time to go to the city? I got to work. You can come over to Queens. I'll come to Queens. Yeah, that's fine. We will some. Yeah, there's nice some great food. Korean barbecue. Ooh, that'd be great. Yeah, I've been I've been really trying to get some good bulgogi. Lately. Oh, and then galbi. I made some bulgogi. I made some bulgogi. You're too white to say that. No, it was great. My daughter <laughs> loves the bulgogi. It's delicious.
1: I'm, I'm a big. Yes. I'm, I'm a more of a galbi guy, but
0: okay. it's all good. I'm a I'm a Golbus guy.
1: Well I wish everybody the best of luck at the US <laughs> Open Qualies. And Mike, I really do hope you enjoy it because you've been you've been having a good run recently. I'm I'm excited for you. You've been in a good place. Since he was fun, it was good seeing you out there. And yeah, that that's really it.
0: By the way, just one thing from Cincy. Riley Opelka equals Lil Dicky.
1: I'm sorry, what?
0: Riley Opelka in his current state
1: looks or equals acts like
0: looks like oh, a little dicky
1: that's not great
0: so i think it's fantastic <laughs> all right thanks for listening and uh you know i'll be in new york soon and we'll try to do a podcast while we're there bye
1: the show might be over but the conversation isn't join us on social media at noah 33
0: at mike c tennis and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.